How long has it been since you have enjoyed something in life? How long has it been since you've seen your joy? Welcome to the Becoming Fluent in Grief podcast. I am your host, Stacy Sanchez, and I am so glad you are here. Grief. Have you ever been in a place like grief? It's almost as if you stepped off into a foreign country. You look around, nothing looks familiar. You have no way to express what you're feeling in your heart in a way that other people can understand. Everything seems different, nothing seems the same, and yet here you are. Grief. How do we walk out this journey of grief and do it well? I think it takes becoming fluent in the language of grief. And that's what this podcast is all about. I don't have all the answers, but I have walked the journey of grief. And I hope that together, as we share an honest conversation, as we dig deep into grief to mine the treasures that are tucked into this season of life, that we can find the tools that we need to become fluent so that we can not only live this journey out, but that we can live it out well. All right, let's get to it. When I lost my husband a little over six years ago now, suddenly to a heart attack, I didn't really know what to do. Who does, right? I know you can relate. When death comes into our life, whether it's expected because of a long illness or completely out of the blue because of an accident, a heart attack, something totally unsuspected that we never saw coming, it still hits hard. It doesn't matter how it comes, just the fact that it comes makes it hurt, makes it break our heart wide open makes it hard for us to find our footing and to get going. So very hard. And prior to losing my husband, I had been writing. I think I've mentioned here before that I have a blog, Heart Prince of God. And so I had already learned in a way how to process out on paper. And actually, I didn't start writing until I lost my father back in 2004. I was 39 when I lost him, and I was a daddy's girl. And I remember my husband at the time saying, You know, beautiful, I know your heart is broken, and I know you hurt, and I know you have overwhelming sorrow in your heart, but you cannot allow that sorrow to overtake you. You are going to have to find a way to deal with it, to process it, to try to move on with it or through it, but you cannot stay stuck here in this deep, deep sorrow. And those were words of experience. My man had lost his mother to cancer. He'd also lost his dear sister to cancer several years before I lost my dad. So he had walked the road of grief and he knew that while grief can be a beautiful thing, it is not necessarily a place that we can allow to overcome us. We have to be the one that's choosing how we 
allow grief to play out in our life. If we let grief get the upper hand, then we are in a very, a very fragile place. And today what I want to do is I want to read to you one of the posts that I wrote during that time. You can actually find it in one of my books that I've written about my grief journey. This particular post that I want to share with you today comes from my book, If Only I Could, which is my book of lament and uh, struggling, I think, to get to the place where I was overcoming grief and not grief overcoming me. And I want to share it with you today in hopes that it'll help you if you might be stuck to give you the push that you need to keep going and to keep going in a way that makes grief something good in your life and not something that is stealing your life. This post is simply called, Enjoy Baby, Enjoy. I sit on the porch, a light rain serenading me in the background. As the cool breeze caresses my face, I can't help but think of you. I don't know who loved rainy weather more, you or me. The fact that we loved it together was one of God's most beautiful blessings. It rained yesterday afternoon, too. I can't remember a spring quite like this one ever before. Cool, comfortable days, followed by even cooler nights. And this rain here in the desert, here in May, definitely not the norm. But then again, since you've been gone, nothing seems to be normal. Most of the no longer normals have been hard to welcome into my life, but not this rain. I sit here on the patio and I breathe it in deep. Then I breathe it in deep again. It is precious refreshment to my parched heart. And yes, if I think about you not here enjoying it with me, it can bring tears. But for some reason, these rain-induced tears seem to have a cleansing touch to them. And I think back to so many other rainy nights of the past, me here on the patio, you just on the other side of our sliding glass door, seated in your favorite chair, watching a good game of hoops or enjoying a show all about elk. As the rain would pitter-patter and my body would start to unwind, I couldn't help but call out to you. Oh, it's so beautiful, handsome, so very beautiful out here. I love this rain. And your reply, each and every single time, enjoy, baby, enjoy. And it hits me. For the first time in 104 days, that in your absence, enjoy has not been what I have been doing. In fact, I have been doing everything but enjoying. I've been crying, trying, struggling, and wallowing. I've been hating and debating, flip-flopping and questioning. I've been wondering, replaying, avoiding, and wrestling. I've been remembering, forgetting, reliving, and rearranging. But enjoying? Nope. 
It didn't even come close to making the list. And it hits me too, for the first time in 104 days, that me not enjoying would break your heart. Because most of your enjoyment was a direct result of my enjoyment. It delighted your heart to know I was enjoying something. Big enjoyment, little enjoyment, mediocre enjoyment. It didn't matter. If I enjoyed it, you enjoyed the fact that I did. 104 days, beautiful. Honestly, you've let 104 precious days filled to overflowing with opportunities for enjoyment slip right by? As this thought, words I can almost hear you saying, penetrates my heart, I can see the look on your face, and yes, who could help but see the shake of your head? Well, I know, handsome, I know, but uh uh-uh, nope, you've got nothing to say, beautiful. No reason at all to justify your total lack of enjoyment. Maybe you need to get up from your seat there on the patio and head inside the house and over to the door leading out to the garage. I know exactly where you would be going with this line of thought, if indeed you were here with me. I know all too well what is waiting for me to rediscover on our garage door. That yellow sticky note has been there greeting me each and every time I go out into our garage for as long as I can remember. And you're right. I know me admitting that would spark that cute look you always seemed to get when you were right, and I knew it. Joy. It is a choice, and it is one of the precious fruit of the Spirit. Tucked in with love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control right there in Galatians 5, and 23 is joy. Second in line, matter of fact. And yet, with each precious fruit given by the Holy Spirit, it is up to me to yield, to surrender, to choose to allow this fruit to grow and rule in my heart and my life. It is a choice, my choice. Joy, like all the other fruit, is an all-season fruit. It is capable of being present in my life no matter the season I may find myself in. Spring, joy. Summer, joy. Fall, joy. And yes, even in winter, joy. It is there to be discovered in the all of my life. James 1, 2-4 puts it like this. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And I remember the words written in red, penned by you, my love, all on that sticky note. Your choices determine your destiny and your happiness. Choose to be thankful. Choose to be joyful. It's all written right there. 
right there for me to see, for me to choose, for me to walk in. It is this choosing joy, no matter the season, no matter the circumstance, no matter the situation, that eventually, as God works out his perfect will in my life, leads me to be complete and lacking nothing. It is this choosing joy, no matter how I feel, no matter how I don't feel, that eventually will lead me to my God-given destiny and true happiness that is found in and through Christ Jesus my Lord. As the rain quiets and the hush of the night closes in, I want so much to call out to you from here on the patio to where I wish you were sitting on the other side of our sliding glass door. It's so beautiful, handsome, so very beautiful out here. And I realize the choice I have to make now is this. Will I choose to go 105 days without enjoying? Enjoy, baby, enjoy. And with tears streaming down my face, my only appropriate response is this. I will, handsome. I will. If only I could tell you. If only I could. I don't know where you are in your journey of grief. This was written 104 days into mine. Even now, six years later, I still have to make that conscious effort to choose joy. And joy doesn't always mean an absence of tears. Joy doesn't always mean an absence of longing for the way things were. Joy is simply a resting and a trusting that God is still with you, that God is still working, that God is a God of love who we can trust no matter what, even when we don't understand why, how come, and we're left just wondering why. God is still there in all of that, and He is where the joy is found. He is the reason we can have joy because we're not alone. We have a hope, and if we know Jesus as our Savior, we have a, a blessed hope of knowing that he will work all things for good. He promises that in Romans eight twenty eight. And I think most of all, we need to remember, it's what my husband told me when I lost my dad, and it's what I've heard in my heart so many times since losing my husband. My dad wouldn't want me to be sad. My husband kept saying that. Your dad would not want you to be sad. He would want you to have joy. I know my husband would want me to have joy. And most of all, I know my God wants me to have joy. And I know in and through resting in Jesus, trusting Jesus, leaning on Jesus, crying out to Jesus, there is joy to be found. But I have to choose it. And you do too. It's not something that's going to come naturally. I think when we're in grief, sometimes it's a knockdown uh, battle to find our joy and to keep our joy, but it is possible. And in God's word in Nehemiah, we are told the joy of the Lord is our strength, so we cannot afford to lose our joy. How long has it been 
since you have enjoyed something in life? How long has it been since you've seen your joy? And are you willing to go another day without it? I hope your answer is no. And I hope this episode today will encourage you to try to seek out the joy because joy is there to be found. Even in the heartache, even in the sorrow, there is still joy because there is still God. And when there's God, there's always hope. There's always joy to be found. So if we can look for the joy and if we can find the joy in every day of this walk of grief, we will have taken another step in becoming fluent in the language of grief. Before I go, I just want to encourage you, if this episode has been helpful to you in any way, please, please share it. There are so many people out there who are walking through grief, and if anything that is said here can encourage them or help them or strengthen them, then that would bless my heart no end. And also, if you would do me a favor, and if you would subscribe to my podcast, and also if you feel so led, leave a review. This is one way that the podcast will move up and more people will be able to find it when they search for something on grief. So important, those reviews and those likes, those shares, those comments, those subscribing. So if you can please do that for me, I would truly appreciate it. And then I just want to let you know that I have a couple of resources that you might find helpful in your own walk through grief or if you know somebody who's going through grief. I've written two books. One is called If Only I Could, and the other is called You'll Be Fine, Beautiful, You've Got God. These are not how-to books. They are simply my walk through grief. They are the raw, honest, uh, yeah, just the raw, honest journey through grief. But they're full of encouragement. They're full of the ways that God met me in these places. They're just full of hope, as well as being transparent and authentic and real. If you are interested in either of those, look in the show notes to this episode, and you will find links to both of the books there, where then you can find more information or you can purchase them there. I am looking so forward to this journey with you because I do believe that as we talk about grief, as we are willing to embrace our grief, that we can become fluent in grief. All right, we'll see you next time.